Well, good morning. This is it, the last day of 2023. I hope you had a good year. And uh, to those of you who find this year a bit tough, well, you are still here this morning, praise God. And some of you can't wait for the clock to strike 12 tonight. Well, you're still here this morning. That means God is, God is good. I don't know what's going to happen next year, but there are many rumors. But as believers, we don't listen to rumors. Somebody say amen. amen. We listen to truth. And the truth is this. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is good and God will forever be faithful. Amen. It's so good to see you again this morning. Thank you, Pastor Yin Ming and the pastoral staff for inviting me to come and preach the word of God to you. And this morning, I want you to look at Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, reading from verse 11 all the way to verse 19. Verse 11 says, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, they met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. As they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. So it was as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, Return and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his feet, his face at his feet, giving thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God? Except this foreigner. And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Let's pray. Father, this morning we pray that your word will transform our hearts. May our hearts be like good soil this morning. And renew our mind. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My assignment this morning is to bring you a message called Beyond Gratefulness. Beyond Gratefulness. I would like to challenge you this morning on this last day of 2023 to extend your gratefulness beyond the four walls of this church. As I proceed with this message, you will understand where I'm heading with this message, so stay with me. But don't get me wrong. Giving thanks to God is important. Giving thanks to God is biblical. It is good. 
Psalms 92 verse 1 said, giving thanks to God is good. Jesus himself gave thanks to God when he broke the bread. Paul said, after you pray, make sure you give thanks because this is the will of God. So giving thanks is biblical. Giving thanks to God is good. And giving thanks to God should be practiced. Somebody say amen. amen. Luke 17 said that Jesus encountered 10 lepers at a certain village. They were separated. They were ostracized. They were kept away from the community by law because leprosy is contagious. And for this reason, lepers became the outcasts of society. So when the lepers saw Jesus from a distance, they cried out with a loud voice out of desperation and said, Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. The Bible said Jesus saw them and told them to show themselves to the priests so that they can return to the community, to their family. But the healing has not happened yet. But as they walk towards the temple in Jerusalem, the healing begins. We can learn something from this. Sometimes to receive a blessing, we have to do something. A parked car, nothing will happen to a parked car. Sometimes in order to receive something from God, we have to do our part. So when they reached the doorstep of the temple, they were cleansed. They were healed. What a miracle. Nobody laid hands. All they did was they obeyed instruction. They went, it happens. And one of the lepers was so astonished by his healing, cried out with a loud voice to give glory to God. He was so grateful because he was given a second chance to live again, to feel alive again, to feel normal again, to live among the living again. He was so grateful. He was so thankful to God that he went to Jesus and fell on his face at the dusty, sweaty feet of Jesus. His face was on top of Jesus' feet. Something very interesting that Luke wrote, included in the story, he says this. He was a Samaritan. Now, why did Luke bother to tell us that he was a Samaritan? Why, why do we need to know that? Is that really important that we are told that he was a Samaritan? You see, a Samaritan will never go near a Jew. A Samaritan will never talk to a Jew, let alone bowing down to a Jew. Why? Because they were enemies. Selalu bertengkar in Malay. The Samaritan will never forget 
and forgive the Jews for burning down their temple at West Bank and they wish the Jew would go to hell when they die. That's how deep the hatred was towards the Jew. But this Samaritan did not care. His joy, his gratefulness overshadowed all his hatred and hostility towards the Jew. Jesus was a Jew in case you don't know. And many of us need to just sit in one time in our room and remember the good things that God had done for us. And when we remember the good things that God had done for us, it can overshadow all the negativity that we bombarded in our heart. It's very easy. If you are here this morning and your mind is filled with worries, fear, and sadness, may I remind you that you're still here today, 2023. You are still here worshiping God. You're still here thanking God, giving testimony. Why? Because God has healed you. God has provided for you. God has protected you. God has delivered you. God has guided you. And He will do it again and again and again and again. Why? Because God doesn't change. You missed a good spot to say praise the Lord. If you have this mindset, believing God will do it again for you, it will overshadow your grief, your sadness, your fear, and your anxieties. And the wonder Paul said in Philippians 4 verse 8, whatever things that are true, whatever things that are noble, just, pure, lovely, good, praiseworthy, Meditate on these things. And the book of Philippians is called the book of joy. And some of you need joy this morning. You're too sad. When Jesus asked a Samaritan, where are the nine? Where are the nine? He was kind of surprised because he expected Expected all of them to give glory to God, but, but only one came back. Church, God expects us to thank Him, not because He has a very low self esteem, not because He's very controlling. God wants us to give thanks so that you and I have an attitude of gratitude. He wants you and I to give thanks because God cherishes our gratitude. Every praise we give Him, every thanks we give Him, every worship we offer to Him, God treasures it. God cherishes it. God embraces it and God remembers them. Giving thanks to God is a powerful and a beautiful moment at the same time. The Samaritan man was so grateful to God for, for noticing him and healing him when others ignored and rejected him. And he cried out with a loud voice, Thank you, Jesus, thank you. 
Thank you for saving me. For giving me a second chance. Thank you. One time, many years ago, there was a PTA meeting at my daughter's school in Nairobi. It was a Christian school. So there was a Peter, a, a Peter, parents and teachers meeting. It was a Christian school. Started by missionaries. So the parents that came that night, they were all well dressed, very appropriately, decently. They they dressed like Christian lah, like you today. So they began to mingle and talk and chat, having a good time. Suddenly, a woman walked into the room and she caught everybody's attention. Everybody was quiet. Why? Well, her hair was red and gold. Long, red, and gold. Have you seen gold hair? Her lips was fiery red. Her mascara was long and black. If you stand close, it might hit you. Her dress was very colorful and a bit revealing. They wore a red slick high heel shoe. She can kill you with it. And you can tell that she is loud and oddball. So the parents who saw her were a little bit uncomfortable and with her appearance and they don't know how to, how to relate to her. So, so they, they moved slowly away from her because she was uh, different. Not that the parents were mean. They just don't know what to do with an oddball. But my dear and wonderful wife <laughs> saw what was happening went to her, introduced herself, talked to her, reached out to her, and throughout the meeting, she was sitting with her throughout the night. So a couple of weeks later, this woman, her name was Susie, was in a mall. She saw my wife. She said, Christine! Christine, she ran to her, hugged her so tightly, she could barely breathe. She hugged her so tightly, kissed her on the cheek, and said, Christine, Christine, you saved me that night. I want to disappear that night, but you saved me. You came to me. And when we left Kenya, we left all contact with Susie. But 10 years later, in Dar Salaam, we were walking in the midst of millions and thousands of people, we met a friend who knows Susie in the city. And when she met Susie, Susie saw her, same thing, Christine, ran to her, hugged her so tightly she could, almost couldn't breathe, kissed her on the cheek here and there. Christine, you saved me that night. 
You saved me that night. I, I wanted to disappear, but you came to me. That was 10 years ago. You know, it's true what they say, right? At the end of the day, people won't remember what you said or do, but they do remember how you made them feel. Am I right? And this reminds me of a story in John chapter 4. We were told that there was a woman who drew water from a well at 12 o'clock noon during the heat of the day. Hot day. Have you ever been to Dubai and you walk in the afternoon? It's like walking in the midst of fire. It was a very unusual hour because most people would, would wake up early in the morning and then go to the well and draw water because it's, it was cooler in the morning. And usually women, women will go in groups. Women always go in groups. Even to the bathroom or the washroom. They go in groups. Why? Because they like to socialize. This is not a put down. It's, they like to socialize. But this woman came alone. At an odd hour. The reason why this woman acted so strangely and secretly was because she was embarrassed. She was living in an immoral, shameful, sinful lifestyle and her community knows about her. When Jesus met her, she has already married Lima Calio. And at that moment, she was living with a man. That's why she acted so strangely and so secretly because she doesn't want to be seen. She doesn't want to talk to anyone. She doesn't want to endure another round of mockery and judgment from her friends. She wants to be left alone. You know, there are many people today in Subang Jaya who never set foot in the church. Never. Not because they hate Pastor Yin Ming. They hate you. Or they find the church uninteresting. They refuse to come into the church because they are, they were, they are embarrassed. Ashamed. Full of guilt because of their lifestyle. You see, you don't have to tell them Remind them of their wrongdoing. They know. They know they, they, they're doing a lot of bad stuff. They know. Church, these are the very people whom Jesus felt a need to reach out to. Because the Bible says Jesus felt a need to go to Samaria. He went and reached out to the sinful, to the outcasts, to the ostracized, to the reject, just like he did with the ten lepers. When Jesus asked for a drink from a Samaritan woman, well, I mean, she was shocked. She was shocked. She was surprised. Totally caught her off guard. She said, she said, how is that uh, you, uh, being a Jew, uh, asked a drink from me, a Samaritan? He, she said, how is that? In other words, she was saying, this is not 
how it's supposed to happen. You see, you and I, we don't talk. So that's why she was a bit surprised. Imagine, imagine a drug addict says this. How is that you, a Christian, talk to me? How is that? It doesn't work. You, you guys always avoid me. How is that I, a homosexual, and you talk to me? I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. I like, I'm surprised. See, that's how the Samaritan woman felt when Jesus talked to her. She was shocked. And this woman doesn't even have a name. That shows the culture of those days. Women are not important. They're second-class citizens. And this Samaritan woman has a bad reputation. But despite who she was, Jesus still reached out to her. He walked 30, he walked 35 miles under the hot sun just for her. One unimportant, one un insignificant, and one undeserving soul. One soul. He walks 35 miles for her. Church, let me remind you once again. God loves soul. He's a shepherd who left 99 sheep in the wilderness and go after the one that was lost until he finds it. He is the father who, who waited for his prodigal son to return and ran to him when he was still far off. He was the woman who rejoiced and held a party with her friends and neighbor after she found her one lost silver coin in the house. When Jesus was on the cross, he reached out to the thief next to him. Even in his pain and suffering and shame, Jesus still reached out to lost souls. This is where I want to encourage you to go beyond your gratefulness. This is the spot. Be a soul winner. We have been blessed by God throughout our lives, so let us bless Him back, so to speak. Let's bless God with soul, people. Somebody say amen. amen. Let's bless Him with soul. Because Proverbs 11 verse 30 says, He who wins soul is wise. He's smart. Why? Because he or she knows that God loves souls. Church, if you love what God loves, if you value what God values, God will bless you. No wonder he or she who wins soul is wise. My daughters, Catherine and, and Vicky, they are very smart. They know that their daddy likes footballer, chicken rice la. Like to watch movies, la, music. They also like. They know how to make me happy. They said, if daddy is happy, we are also happy. If you know what they mean. And now my granddaughters are le learning the skill. I have two younger brothers and one sister. 
but I'm the closest to my dad. You know why? Because I like the music he likes growing up. I like the singers he liked. I like the movies that he liked. So when there is a particular movie showing in town, and his favorite actor is in it, my dad would not ask my mom or my two brothers or sister to go with him. He would ask me, hey, want to go or not? <laughs> so we chabot. Why? Because he knows I will enjoy the movie as much as he does. He likes my company. Someone who share a common interest with him. Jesus said, angels of God rejoice over one sinner who repents. They have a party over one soul. So if daddy is happy, everybody is happy. The Bible said, the Samaritan woman was saved and she was changed by her encounter with Jesus because she became a witness for Jesus. Instead of hiding in shame, she came out in the public and declared to his people, I have found the Messiah. And John 4.39 said, Many Samaritans of the city believe in Christ because of the word of this woman who testified. You see, your testimony is very powerful. Don't stop giving testimony in church. And many more Samaritans believe when Jesus decided to stay there two more days. The Samaritans were getting saved. Church, listen, with God, all things are possible. You see, to a Jew, it is impossible to reach out, let alone talk to a Samaritan. Because they don't talk. The Samaritan will never listen to a Jew. A Samaritan will never believe what the Jews believe. That's why there are different places place of worship. It will never work. It's almost impossible to believe what the Jew believes. Church, but the Samaritans are getting saved because of the Lord, who happened to be a Jew. So let me stop here and ask you this question. Are there people in your lives that you think it is impossible to get saved or believe what you believe? You say, ayah, he won't get saved one. Have you ever said that? Yeah. Ah, that person won't get saved one. Okay. I used to tell my wife, after we got married, I said, if my dad ever gets saved, go to church, it will be the miracle of all miracles. The mother of all miracles. And I remember telling Christine, I said, Dear, don't, don't get offended if, if you try to witness to him and he, he, he doesn't respond to you or, or he looked the other way when you witness to him or he just kept quiet. Don't get offended, I told my wife. You see, my dad was a very hard man. He was an atheist and he doesn't talk much and very hard to convince. But we continue to pray for him. So I warned my wife. 
If you went to him, he don't listen to you or kept quiet. Don't, don't get angry, okay? He's like that one. Uh. Very hard to get say one. <laughs> one day, my dad was not feeling well. So we took him to see a doctor in Ampang. Before the doctor examined him, the doctor looked at him eyeball to eyeball and said, Mr. Pang, can I share the gospel with you? And, and I was standing behind my dad. My dad in front. I was standing behind the doctor's right there. And I was shaking my head. And oh, no, it's so awkward. Oh, I was shaking my head. I knew it's not going to work. Five minutes later or ten, the doctor said to my wife, Mr. Pang, would you, like, would you like to accept Jesus into your life? And I was shaking my head. Oh, no, please, doctor, please stop. It's going to be embarrassing. And my dad said yes. And I was shocked. My wife was, yeah, 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 Brought him, bought him a Bible. And after my dad got saved, my dad asked me, Tony, where are you preaching tomorrow? Oh, I'm, I'm preaching there. I'm, I'm, coming, I'm coming with you. I'm following you. And during altar prayer time, when you pray for people, some of them are fall under the power of God. And my dad will catch them. He was my catcher. <laughs> Church, some people are hard to witness to. That's the truth. But don't give up. The shepherd who looked for the sheep refused to give up. The woman who found the lost coin did not give up. And because they refused to give up, the sheep, the coin was found. So church, don't give up. You will never know one day, your loved one, your colleague, your friends, your relative, will accept Jesus into their heart, come to church with you, and give thanks to God with you, like you did this morning. So let us win souls for God. As we enter this new year, let us be soul conscious. Let's win soul for Him and bless Him and magnify His name. Amen. Let's stand, shall we, and bow our heads, close our eyes.